Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of season two of Black Girl Magic, a podcast. So, halfway through this, you're going to lose me. This is Lauren. Due to tough technical difficulties, aka Trump took over my computer. So, here's our November episode coming to you on December 1st. Um, I hope you enjoy it. As always, you can find us online. Email us at blackgirlmagicpod at gmail.com if you've got questions or comments or just want to share feel free to give us reviews on itunes and soundcloud um we're on twitter and on facebook if you want to holler at us hope you enjoy the rest of the show we'll see you in december this has just been a shitty week (laughs) it's been a shitty year it's been a shitty week (laughs) yeah yeah. All right, let's start and just go from there. Hi, this is CG. This is Danielle. And this is Lauren, and this is Black Girl Magic, a podcast. Can you hear the sadness in our voices? This is... How are y'all doing? <laughs> How are y'all actually, like, doing and feeling? I'm tired. Yeah. I'm just really tired like I I've said for a while that it seems to me like the most American thing on the heels of a Barack Obama presidency for this to be the pushback for the pendulum to swing this hard in the opposite direction but I'm just I'm just tired I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to have the energy to continue uh speaking out about it was hard enough to speak out against injustice under Barack Obama I don't know I can't imagine how much difficult it's more difficult it's going to be under Donald Trump um and that is a is a frightening prospect at this point how are your you're on a campus of I'm guessing fairly liberal students and um professors how's everybody taking it on campus Um, or what is the campus doing to create a safe space yeah so there's going to be a walkout i know tomorrow um in support of the undocumented student population um a lot of students are um feeling especially dejected and especially sad. This is the first election that they voted in. Um, and for it to have mm-hmm. swung back this, this hard, uh, my female students have, of, of all races and backgrounds have come to me and talked about their fears of what it means um, that a uh, misogynist, uh, an outspoken misogynist could become um, our commander in chief. Uh, they have been very concerned um, about what this means for their control over their own bodies. Uh, the students of color are expressing the concerns that you would imagine students of color are expressing about their bodies being under attack, about uh, feeling like they are not welcome on campus, that the nation is tending toward um, uh, the removal of safe spaces that that. Uh, it becomes this rhetoric that millennials are just crybabies and they don't understand the real world and they need to get out in the real world and that these safe spaces are ridiculous. Um, 
the LGBTQ populations um, are, are concerned about if they came out at the right time, what this might mean for their lives, um, especially under a vice president who believes in conversion therapy and who has said that electroshock therapy is a useful cure for homosexuality. Um, so there's, there's a great bit of fear with the students who I've talked to, at least, um, and while, you know, most college universities are reasonably liberal uh, spaces, there are um, there is certainly an undercurrent of conservative uh, faculty, staff and students who, you know, certainly feel empowered um, by this. And, and this rhetoric of neoliberalism where we're supposed to pretend that everybody's opinions are equal and deserve equal time and equal treatment when... Some people's opinions are I shouldn't be murdered and other people are other people's opinions are I don't care if you are uh, that, that we're supposed to pretend like all of these things are equal and we can all shake hands at the end of end of the day. So there there are a lot there's a great deal of um, fear, I think, right now is the way I would describe uh, the camp. Yeah, so I'm in Portland, and if you've been watching the news, there has been a lot of unrest since Tuesday night. Um, Various protests and riots for the past week, something every day. There's not been a day off, which on one level, I'm like, kudos to you for getting out there and um, showing that you don't stand for a president that has been elected on the platform of hate speech because anyone that talks about it being about the economy, it's a, that's right. a bold face lie because not once did he really say what his economic plan was. And all the reports that are coming out now say that we are, we're in a pretty good economy. No, there aren't still still mill jobs, but there probably won't ever be still mill jobs anymore. The people who are most affected until it right. happens to them vicariously. And once they start feeling it vicariously or in some other way that taps into their empathy, which is the, the sex part of this, right. the gender right. part of this, um, then all of a sudden what we've been saying for how long is true? I mean... We, we've seen this with police violence. We were making it up until right. Apple came along. Now we're not making it up anymore. Um, one thing that I, I also wanted to add to the conversation is the little ones. Um, I work with, I teach law yeah. students. Yeah. So I have students on one entire end of the spectrum. And they're they're devastated because... They just don't understand how anybody who knows absolutely nothing about the law or the Constitution could possibly run for president. We've Mm -hmm. even been talking about there should be some sort of hiring requirements where, like, if you get hired for the federal government, you have to fill out these KSAs, these standard questions. But for for the little people, for the little constituents, um, I work with a lot of elementary school students, fifth grade and under, and they're in shock. And a big part of their shock is the only president they've ever known has been Barack Obama. And for everything that we know about him, for our policies that we disagree with him about, um, he comes across as a dad, as somebody who's likable, who is kind, who's thoughtful with his words. 
Uh, you don't hear him just saying certain things. You don't hear him speaking in a certain tone. He's not overly aggressive, even with people that he disagrees with. We know how he probably is in private, but in public, he is a dad. He is a do the right thing sort of guy. And so they're coming to terms with someone who's not a dad being in the office, someone that they have watched say mean, racist, um, misogynistic things, be aggressive. I mean, these kids watched the debate. They watched the way he stalked around Hillary Clinton and they even said he looked like he was going to hurt her. They're actually scared of Donald Trump. They are, they are scared yeah. of him. And so, and, and rightfully so, because I'm scared of him at this point. But I don't right. think... Exactly. That we've spoken enough about the impact that it's really had on kids. We've talked about the language and the bullying. And the bullying has increased because their kids and, and certain kids feel empowered by that. By that sort of language that they hear their parents say but is not acceptable right. in public. But now all of a sudden the president is talking like that. So I can just say whatever I want. And kids are very confused because it has sent them missed messages. We have raise them in an environment of anti-bullying and you stand up for people who are getting picked on and you be the hero you know in your classroom and you look out for other people and you treat them right and they're seeing the opposite get rewarded they're seeing the person who is so unintelligent that they can answer questions that he can't answer and they're eight and what message and especially the little girls what message are we sending them when you see someone who's so qualified um, who knows her stuff goes up against a guy who is a bully, who talks over her, is disrespectful to her, and he wins. And what message are we seeing? Not only is he like afactual in the <laughs> way he speaks, but like anti fact that it's this anti intellectualism to the to the tenth power. That it's just this idea that it doesn't matter what you say as long as you say it the loudest and you say it first. Um, and that as long, like, you don't even have to have the cur- courage in your convictions. You just have to say, say something and say it loud and say it mean. And this idea that, you know, he, we, that, that the president elect absolutely said that, like, he didn't sexually assault these women because they weren't attractive enough. And then he said that prior to being elected, and yeah, I mean, and 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 then he's he's there. What are we supposed? To, and it, I sometimes I I don't like when when it's becomes this like, won't somebody please think of the children? But it, but it's so much. Won't won't somebody please think of the children? Like what what the hell are we supposed to tell them? That that everything that we, regardless of your feelings about the other presidents in contemporary history about their policies whatever they all it, with in, up to like including George W Bush you know which you know <laughs> you look back on him damn near fondly at this point but all of them present like mittens mittens exactly mittens come oh, out and play mittens Don't we miss you. <laughs> I mean really i mean so like but you see you see all of these men and women who were engaged in politics who at least understood what it meant to be a politician and that part of their job as politicians was to reassure us that everything was going to be okay. 
um, that it without that they were supposed to present themselves as having some sort of specialized knowledge that indicated that our lives were going to that that our lives were arcing toward um, the American uh, ideal of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Trump has couched himself in fear, has couched himself in bullying, has couched himself in everything that this nation allegedly stands up against. Um, and he is in the highest office in the land. And it it does become a question of how, are, what hope are we supposed to offer to people at this point? What are we supposed to say um, when we're trying to raise these fine, upstanding citizens who do the right thing and, and are looking out for other people? And the person who was elected uh, the presidency not only isn't that kind of person, but was in large part elected because he looks out for himself, because he um, is willing to cut somebody else down and say something. Yeah, cool I about feel like I'm else. in a plane over the Pacific Ocean, and I just found out my pilot is drinking four loco and taking flaca. Like I am not confident right. on this plane. I don't think it is going to land. Um, and well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Um, just because I do have faith in our country and the cynic in me thinks everything is going to be okay. Why? Um, mainly because when Barack Obama was elected, the Republicans very clearly stated from the onset, we are going to do everything in our power to make him unsuccessful and to make him a one-term president. And he flourished in spite of that. So now my hope is that um, somehow or another they will actually get to work and start doing some things. I'm scared of what they are going to do. I'm scared of the checks and balances because they have the Senate, the House, and um, the executive branch right now. But I do think that there will be less congestion just because they're choosing not to be obstinate right now. Um, and I don't think that it was any surprise that the market surged right after Trump was elected. Part of that was a part of... A, um, yeah. a plan of action to make our president look as unsuccessful as possible. So none of this misses me. Um, it is still very terrifying to have Trump in control of anything. And he's also looking very scared himself these days. There has been a noticeable change in his facial features, and I'm actually right. happy about it. Um, do I think he's a racist? Yes, I do. And some people have said to me, yeah. oh, well, he's not a racist. He just sort of pandered to them. No, you can't pander to racists and imply that certain things are okay if you're not racist. There's no such thing as being an on-the-fence racist. There's right. no such thing as, you know, as, as being a, <laughs> uh, an opportunistic racist. No, you're either racist or you're, yeah, you don't dabble in, you don't, you don't it's not dabble like in a racism hobby. from time to time. Either you are or you aren't. And everything that he has done has been racist. Everything, even the, even the economic policy. And like you, you talked about his anti-intellectualism. Let's talk about how he's promising people with high school diplomas that they're going to be able to live the same middle class lifestyle as their great grandfather's. And I hate to bring the be right. the bearer of bad news. 
And not saying that a high school diploma is mediocre, but it's not what it was. And it's not going to get you the same things. And so you signed up because you want to go work back in the coal mines and get your black lung. Then you do that. But the coal mines aren't coming back. Those widget factory jobs are not coming back. And you need to, as you would tell us, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps and find something else to do. Okay, so I will keep so okay, let's let's keep talking and then hopefully we will find that Lauren yeah. will be able to to pop back in in a little bit. Um yeah, I mean, I think like I mentioned this 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 uh sense of fear that is permeating everything right now. It's this this feeling of fear and of frustration and and this feeling of it's not even a sense of uncertainty. It's a sense of um he's said pretty explicitly and pretty unequivocally mm-hmm. what he intends to do in the future that that there's so i i'm with you on the, this idea that we that like offering him the benefit of the doubt and saying like oh well maybe he was just pandering to racist blah 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 at some point there there is no discernible difference between what you say you are and what you actually are um and he has made it clear and he's indicated that he's a racist because he's surrounded himself by white with white supremacists. I mean, we keep talking about this as the alt right and these individuals who are just like disenfranchised, um, you know, voters and, you know, the the uh, rural white uh, working class and all of these ways that we're talking about things. The people he is talking about and talking to are white supremacists. Um, and you cannot be friends with white supremacists unless you are likewise a white supremacist. He, um, the, the fact that the Klan has been happy and emboldened by this election is something that should strike terror in all of us um, as a country. Uh, the Klan, I don't think the Klan will ever not exist in this nation, but it should not feel empowered. Uh, it should not be planning uh, bright, bold marches um, in broad daylight at this point. They should not be uh, updating their, uh, you know, <laughs> GeoCities pages for everybody. They they need to be like, this should be something that's like, that still remains They're going to get a new Gmail quiet. account. <laughs> um, and that's, I know, right? <laughs> they should, they, it should be, it should be something that they know is meant to be hidden, that it is a secret society, not something that people feel emboldened to talk about membership in and what, you know, what good things the Klan has done recently. It's just, I mean, I find myself struggling to find the words to talk about any of this because it's so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And I'm so frustrated by people acting like, we can all just agree to disagree and that we're that, that people who didn't vote for Trump are spoiled sports who like picked up their ball and went home in the middle of a game. Um, this isn't a game. This is people's real lives. We're not talking about, you know, the death of a party. We're not talking about the loss of, um, a political, uh, theory. We are talking about the literal lived experiences that people are having where it's fine and dandy to kind of hypothesize and play devil's advocate and offer sympathy for the devil and stuff when you have nothing at stake. But for many of us, we have a great deal at stake. We have um, our own black and brown bodies that we live in. We have friends, family, maybe even ourselves who are undocumented. We have um, 
sincere concerns uh, for ourselves or for others about the LGBTQ communities. There are all of these um, real concerns that that we're experiencing, even even with this the the rumors. Um, about you know who who will be heading the Department of Education, all of these things that impact our lives every single day, where the the ones of us who are already marginalized are going to continue to be marginalized. That's it's not a theoretical. It's not just a you know well you win some you lose some. If you felt that way ultimately about Obama that you win some you lose some and it is what it is, then good for you. I'm glad that your life uh, is is so privileged that, that these seemingly inconsequential elections aren't going to phase you one way or another. But for many of us, these elections matter a great deal. Um, and that's something that I'm having a hard time conveying to people. I'm tired of trying to explain it to people. I'm tired of people being unwilling to see it from their, from a different perspective, from a perspective of somebody who's more marginalized than they are. Um, but that's the reality. That's the absolute reality that some of us are living in right now. It's frustrating, like you said, to constantly feel like you're trying to educate other people. And mainly because everybody doesn't want to be educated. Some people, you know, they say ignorance is bliss. Well, willful ignorance is just must be heaven. Because there are so many people who are willfully ignorant and will write off anything that you say as, you know, liberal mishigosh. Or, you know, this is just someone talking about safe Mm -hmm. spaces and this is wishy-washy and touchy-feeling and it's not the real world. And unfortunately, I don't know whether it's a function of our education or whether it's a function of these pockets of culture that we allow to, or not that we allow to exist, but that just exist in America in which certain ideas just are not permissible. People won't even lend themselves to thinking about them. You know, he just um, appointed Bannon as his chief policy advisor. And this guy is a noted white supremacist. And he he wants us to believe that he's not racist. But like you said, when the KKK is holding celebrations, when's the last time you heard of the KKK holding a celebration? The KKK is holding a celebration. Exactly. And exactly. the most Donald Trump said was, oh, well, I've never heard of that. But if if people are doing these sorts of things, stop it. Seriously? After, after, exactly. After, after he's, he's opened, opened up Pandora's, Pandora's box, box, he has had stronger words to say to random protesters in his rallies than this impotent stop it he basically mouthed at the television it was pretty ridiculous but you know if someone or something or some entity that you do not agree with that you find to be abhorrent with your morals and values if they support you you should have absolutely no reason to not be able to come out and say unequivocally i do not want your support period in you know in our terms i don't f with you like that's the moment when you're like, I, I don't know them. No, right. no, 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 I, I don't know you. And that's what it needs to be. And that isn't what it is or what it has been throughout the entirety of this election. And I'm really tired of people telling me to give him a chance. I don't want to give him a chance. I'm not yeah. obligated to give him a chance. If this was somebody else who had even demonstrated and this is so terrible that, you know, our standards have gotten this low. But 
I'll say a pound of decorum. I won't even say an ounce. <laughs> a pound of decorum. Maybe I would feel differently. But this person has showed us who they are throughout this entire process. I don't have to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me that this is some sort of backlash against right. this establishment. Because where the heck have you been for the past 200 years? Donald Trump and his ilk represent what was the establishment of this country up until maybe about 15 years ago maybe and that's just when people didn't feel comfortable enough saying the the things that he was saying he represents the establishment the establishment has been sexist the establishment of this country has been racist this the establishment of this country has been xenophobic even if we go all the way back i mean to the beginning of this country whether or not it was talking about the Chinese people and the coolie wages or whether we're blocking out Haitians, whether we're blocking out Cubans, but that didn't last too long because of the communist threat. But everybody has been on the hit list at some point. And so to pretend like he's anti-establishment, no, he is the establishment. He is the establishment, exactly. And I'm sick of these false equivalencies about everybody acting like everything, like there's some sense of neutrality that would be useful in mending the country right now when there is As no neutrality. You can't be neutral right now. You cannot be neutral. He's torn him. Uh, we've Your draws got- are tore. <laughs> there's no coming back. Right. Your behind exactly. is out. We see your behind exactly. is there. You tore your draw. It's there. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. And then people will be like, well, I don't tolerate the protesters and their riots destroying property. People are dying. And you're talking about a CVS. Um, or you're, you're acting like that frustration is unjust or un, or unexpected or unreasonable or the argument well you know i i heard because it's always i heard it's never anything that's like fully documented i heard that a trump supporter was beaten bloody by some rioters or because he looked like a trump supporter let's say that these these incidences are happening which i have my suspicions of for a number of reasons but let's say that trump supporters are being beaten let's think about even in that situation the number of uh, people who did not vote for Trump who are being beaten by Trump supporters, number one, versus the, the Trump supporters who are being beaten. And even more broadly, let's think of who has the institutionalized power behind the beating. Who, who ultimately has any control of or say about these um, about the way the nation is going to going to be steered after this it's unfair and short-sighted and 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 a diversion tactic i think to ultimately act like these that that the out the outlash of people um who are being who feel this trauma who are being violently assaulted ultimately by underneath this the the prospect of this new presidency to say that their anger is as justified as the anger of these people who are just apparently scared about the economy but are uh you know drawing bloody swastikas on everything i mean it's it's 
yeah, it's just I I am I'm just and and, and the thing that we're, is that we're making even if we go let's go with the economic argument. You know, they're saying this is all about economy. Well, the problem when you fuse economics with racism, you end up the problem when you fuse racism with economics, which is what's being done now, is you end up with the Holocaust. Because that's what happened in Germany. Right. It was an economic issue with the Jewish people. That's what the Nazis were saying. The Jewish people had all the money and they were taking advantage of everyone and they had all the wealth. And so the good common German people couldn't get ahead. And that transformed into the Holocaust. And I'm pretty sure that there were some German people Right. Not pretty sure. I'm very sure that there were German people who said, we didn't know what was going on. Well, you saw them rounding up Jewish people. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't think he was really that racist. Or it all just happened so suddenly and we were all just following orders. We had no idea. And of course, if we looked back that, exactly. now, it was just that was just the time and the style and of so time. And so there are so many parallels that's frustrating for me. Um to even witness because it's like I do feel like I'm watching a runaway train and I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs like what are you doing it is not okay and even just the hysteria that we've seen at rallies this is mob mentality and it's not okay Mm -hmm. to think like that about anybody I want to tell people you know exactly And I want to tell people, you know, do you realize that you're going to be the racist grandpa that your, your grandkids are ashamed of? Like, do you, you don't, you don't see that, but like, that's exactly, they're going to have to be like, oh yeah, you know, my grandpa is just from like a different time. Like you voted for Like you're not getting invited to the weddings. You're not Um, getting invited. That's going to be you. Right, right. Or you're going to be like, you'll get invited to the <laughs> wedding, but not the rehearsal dinner or something, you know, like, because they, they got to keep you quiet and keep you like, you know, separated from everybody. That's what you're going to be or or at best, you're going to be saying the same thing that we all think is so ridiculous where your grandchildren, great grandchildren are going to say, oh, that never would have been me. You're going to have to say, I just didn't understand. I just didn't know that was the way things were. And at this point, I don't know if anything that anybody can say would be excusable. I've heard people say over and over or explain why they voted for him. And it's always, well, I just ignored what he said and I focus on the policies. And I'm like, what policies? I've watched every debate. I watched snippets of his speeches. I read the things that he had other people write. He never wrote anything in his entire life. Um, what what policies do you agree with? Him saying, I'm going to bring back jobs from where? What kind of jobs? What are those jobs going to be? No one can really explain why they voted for him other than he's not PC. That's not a good enough reason to vote for someone. That's just like saying, I'm voting for right. this person because he says how he feels. Okay, well, maybe you shouldn't say how you feel all the time. That's called being an adult and knowing how to govern your tongue. Right. And the fact that we admire this in someone who knows absolutely nothing about the job or the Constitution, and yet you voted for him. And you are proud about voting for him. That's what's disturbing. Mm-hmm.
And I do hate the fact that the pendulum is swinging in the other direction because I'm going to miss having somebody in office who I think is capable of having a intelligent discourse beyond this is great. We're going to win big. She's corrupt. Lock her up. Law and order. Stop and frisk everybody. Like this is this is not going to be okay. He didn't even know that stop and frisk was unconstitutional. What? How does that even happen? No. So I just, you know, I pray for the best just because I want the best for this country. Um, He's already started backtracking on a lot of his campaign promises, which has given me a slight amount of glee. Because I can only imagine what Mm -hmm. his followers are thinking, but they'll just rationalize it. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he backtracks on more, but I, I guess for for me, and I think for all of us, honestly, what what we've what our conversations have have led me to understand is just that I'm very concerned, not even just about him, but about the spirit mm-hmm. he has awakened and emboldened in this country, um, because it's less about. I mean, it's certainly about him and about his legislation, to be sure. But I'm also concerned about our individual interactions with people who who hate us um, and what that means where people used to feel like they had to be a little bit sneakier about engaging in these kinds of ways. Um, now they feel like they can be like bold and unabashed in what they're going to do. Um, and that's... I mean that's terrifying. It's it's quite simply just yeah. I'm I'm very very frightened, very very concerned because you can you can almost see it. Like you said, people feel empowered to say and do things that before they would have thought twice about or would have thought that they couldn't do it in polite company. Maybe that's what we we should call PC. What you would say in polite company <laughs> because. Mm-hmm. Everyone just doesn't have an understanding of what PC is. They think it's something to, I don't know, tame your right of expression, but really it's just being more thoughtful about what you say. I miss right. Lauren. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I want know. Lauren to come in and tie everything that. up with a nice little bow. <laughs> And give us give us some hope and make things. Lauren would have the nice little thing to say at the end that makes it all like, well, here's how we make sense of this, and here's how we go into the future. Um, and because I I don't have I don't that's not my personal spiritual gift. That is no, that's I, I'm Lauren's, just walking though. around with an oxygen mask. <laughs> I need that, but waiting on the plane to go down and for me to have to use my oxygen yeah. mask. Exactly. She says, I got exactly. nothing for this one. Yeah, I. It's a terrible feeling. Yeah, it really is. It it really is. It's just I don't I don't even know what to say. I know the the night of the election. I remember they were doing the electoral college. It was about ten o'clock, and I was watching the count on CNN, and all of a sudden I just decided to pull out my phone and use my calculator and it I was just like she's not going to win. 
And I remember it was about 1030 and yeah. I said, she's not going to win. So I said, I'm just going to eat my gelato and go to bed. And hopefully I'm going to wake up and someone's going to say something was wrong with tallying the votes and Hillary Clinton is the winner. And nope, the headlines were Trump. And it was such a dreary day. I felt like someone had punched me in the throat. I really did. And not because I was surprised that people are racist and xenophobic and all these other things. But I think that maybe because Barack Obama had been in office, I had allowed myself to hope that we were moving fully past that. And not that we were fully, we weren't post-racial or anything like that. But that as a country, we had sort of rounded a corner. And now I don't feel like that anymore. I feel like we didn't round a corner. Maybe we rounded a corner in a (laughs) cul-de-sac. We just (laughs) went back in the loop. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Obama stirred in us this sense of optimism that has been soundly... Uh, crushed at this point. I mean, my the when I talked to my own students the day after the election, so many of them were so dejected and so sad and just tangibly, you know, devastated by this, and understandably so. I asked them, "So, what hope do we have? Where is the hope?" Um, and the the thing that they talked about with the electoral college for millennials being blue. Um, is sort of where I am deriving some sense of possibility at this point as well. Um, the fact that, you know, it's, it's four years and it's certainly, you know, two years before we really start Mm -hmm. gearing up for the next election. Also, um, one of my, my, uh, one of the students who met with me also told me something that her mother said, which I thought was a very, uh, somber, and powerful uh, way to think about this, which is um, when she was she was telling her mother how worried she was about the future, and her mother said, uh, "They can't do yeah. anything to us that they haven't already done." And I was like, "That's that's absolutely right. That's exactly right. We are. I mean, we are a strong people. Our the history of marginalized populations in this country is." Um, tremendous. Um, what those of us who have been traditionally marginalized have overcome and have survived is um, inspiring, and and they know that, and they they know who we are, and we know who we are now. I think that's one benefit of being of of being alive for all of this is that we do know who we are, and we do know that we're we are going to be able to survive whatever is thrown at us. Um, so I'm trying to keep that that point yeah. in mind at least. And we need to move back to North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, really. Apparently so. No, but you're right. That that was along the lines of oh, what my dad said. And it helped me to put things in perspective because I was talking to him and I was very angry about how he's not the anti-establishment. He is the establishment. And he said, CG, exactly. He's like, we're used to this. Maybe you got a bit too comfortable, but we're used to this. And so you're still going to have to do the same things you had to do before. 
because typically we have not had presidents who were on our side. And he's no different. I do resent the Republican Party, though, for destroying their party. And I say this <laughs> as someone right. who was never particularly partisan until Barack Obama. I really resent them for, I feel like, destroying our party system. Because either you're all the yeah. way, you, you can't just be halfway there with them because they've risen to a new level of just ridiculousness that even people in their own party can't even close right. on their nonsense. So we shall see. And as Lauren will say, would say, yeah. I don't know what Lauren would say about this one. Oh, she's, she tells us not to forget midterms. Yes, do not forget midterms. We have to get out there and right. vote, especially this time, because we do need some checks and balances in the system. Um, yeah. I am interested to see how all of his lawsuits are going to turn out. Yep, me too. We'll see how that so, goes. So, I'm trying to think, what else should we say? So, good news time... What are we getting using to? Yes, all of the women of color who were elected. So, okay, so yes, women of color. Yes. So Kamala Harris in California. I am so excited <laughs> um, that that happened, that Yay! I got to vote for her. Um, I am really, really pumped. Um Let's see who else. Tammy Duckworth she is phenomenal. I'm really series. excited. Seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, really. This is, yeah. Let's see. Didn't we have a Somali American? I think so. I'm trying to remember everyone's name. I may have to go ahead and look it up, but um, let's see. Let's see. Catherine Cortez Masto. And let's see. Tammy Duckworth. And then, yes, yes. yes here. Um, Ilhan Omar. Which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Especially in this particular political climate that's so that's I, fantastic. it's funny because i have a story about that so i've been known to drive with the scarf on my head <laughs> when i'm running out of the house and i don't have time to do my hair um i'll leave I'll, I'll put a really nice scarf on until i can get where i'm going and can take my pin curls out um so i'm driving and all of a sudden, you know how you notice someone glaring at you while you're driving? There was this older gentleman just glaring oh, at me with the just foulest look on his face. And I couldn't understand what was going on. I hadn't cut anybody off. I hadn't blown my horn. I didn't know why he was looking at me. And then it dawned on me that he was looking at me because I had a headscarf on. And he was just glaring at me. And I just thought what it must feel like every day 
to walk around and be met with that sort of hostility. But then, and then there are some who would right. still say, but agree to disagree, <laughs> like act like that's, like that's going to be. And the, it made me want to just keep the headscarf on for the whole there. day <laughs> just to be like up yours, you know what I mean? But um, I just, I couldn't yep, believe absolutely. it. And just the fact that he felt entitled to glare at someone like that. I mean, he was just outwardly hostile. So yes, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of her um, for doing her thing while wearing her headscarf. That is amazing. Um, send some black girl magic to Gwen Eiffel. I know we lost her this week. Yes. Um, and she's such a nice lady. I have a story about her. When I first moved to D.C., one of the first churches that I attended was her church, was a church where she's a member. And I didn't know that she was a member. So I sat down on this pew. And then 10 minutes later... She comes and sits next to me. And I'm freaking out, but nobody else around me is freaking out because this is her church. And she asked me to help her find the hymn. She did. And that was one of my first DC moments of being like, oh my God. I mean, yeah, I'm a Beltway nerd because I was like, oh my God, Gwen Eiffel. But she is just so amazing. And I'm sad that we lost her. We we don't have very many real journalists left. And so when we lose one, it makes me sad. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes a huge impact. So, yes, yeah, send her off with a, a glittery cloud of black girl magic. She She's fantastic. And that is a huge, huge loss to our communities. So what's our good word to send everybody off with? keep hope alive (laughs) and we can do it it's gonna it's gonna be all right is really is really my my final word that we we've got each other we're all we've got and we've always known both of those (laughs) things um we're gonna be all right so yes that's that is my real word word what about do you have anything ditto No, just, you know, we are going to be all right. And um, I don't like saying we just have to get to work because we have been working. So I will say that everyone just take care of yourselves. If you need to take a break from it all, please do. It's very helpful. I did so for a few days and it did wonders for me. So just take care of yourselves and... uh, Watch out for yourself and take care of your family and your friends. That's all I can say. Don't engage with the loonies. Don't look the animals in the eyes and do not feed them. Let them live off of their own hate. Right. Amen to that. And I think that's it for us. Is that it? I think so. So we'll be back next time with with Lauren for the whole, whole time. Um, but until then, feel free to contest, contact us on Facebook or Tumblr or Twitter. Um, you guys know where to find us at this point. So, um, we love y'all. We're happy that you're listening. And I guess as, as Lauren would say, uh, 
Have a magical day and keep spreading the magic. Oh, Lauren, we miss you. <laughs> what are our directions, oh, fearless leader? <laughs> yeah, I am not Lauren. Let me let you know that. Like, I, I do not want Lauren's yes. job. She ties it all together so nicely. I don't see how girl groups can break up. Like... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, everybody's got their role. Like, I <laughs> I don't want any more responsibility than what I already have. I don't want to try to fill anybody's shoes. I don't want to see I want to do pop, pop, pop this in was... the back. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I'm fine being Michelle. Like, I, that's good for me. That's what, that is what you I mean, want. So to the, I still get to that's wear the outfits. That's I still get to go to <laughs> right, exactly. I do not want to say lead. <laughs> Lauren, you can be Beyonce. Just let no, me wear your glitter no. bodysuit every now and then in private. <laughs> right, that's what I was going to say. Like, when, when you're done with it, like, just let me. <laughs> let me take a selfie at it before you go on stage. And, like, that's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> but seriously, like how does a group break up like that? Like and then just stick in somebody else? That mm -mm. doesn't work. That's why they're never successful after they break up. You can't break up no. a girl group. Just it just doesn't work. <laughs>